Hello, everybody. I'm Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. Today, I bring you immense pleasure with my guest, Lucia Pavone. Lucia is a pleasure instigator, love that, permission granter, and rule breaker. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a somatic sex educator and an international speaker. I have been drooling over her website and her social media sites as to all of the content and beauty she is putting out into the world. So I'm so thrilled to have you today, Lucia. Welcome. Hi, Pasha. Thank you so much for the loving invitation, the warm welcome. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's exciting. Me too. And I will admit in all transparency that while I do a pleasure podcast and host one, pleasure is a challenge for me. It's like my final frontier. It's something that I struggle with Mm -hmm. and I value. I am trying to create space for, but I lack uh, it. And I also am in currently just to give context for those that are listening who don't know me yet. I'm currently in a, uh, marriage with a man, but it's a sexless marriage. So I, I don't currently have other than myself, a sexual practice. And so it's also been a lonely road in the last few years. Um, and I just, I just want to give that context because I want people to understand out there listening that you don't need to be a pleasure expert or good at pleasure or have a full sex and erotic life to hear these messages and to gain from them. So I'm, I'm just so thrilled to, for you to be here and to uh, answer our questions and inspire us and maybe help us create space for it, uh, for pleasure. Well, thank you so much for just sharing that. It's very vulnerable. I know how it can be. And um, you're absolutely not alone, Pasha. I would say most of this planet has not been taught or told in their lifetime that their bodies are here for joy and pleasure and fun. Most of us have been shamed or uh, guilted or religiously inflicted and I'm not knocking religion, by the way, I'm just saying that there's experiences and parts of our lives, including like ancestral um, wisdom and trauma that has been brought in. So there's so many layers to this. Why most people, especially in the United States, which is, you know, based in like um, colonized puritanical um, view of sexuality amongst other things, you know, there's so many intersectionalities around this topic that we could go on tangents, but because for the sake of, you know, um, this being about pleasure, you know, we're going to talk probably a lot about, um, you know, sexuality, sensuality, and, you know, divine embodiment of of energy. So they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. That's what I want to say. So whoever's Mm. listening out there know that um, it's a gentle journey it can be a very gentle journey and it can be a very trying one to mm-hmm. you know embody your birthright of pleasure yes and i love that you say birthright and in the beginning you mentioned ancestral uh, patterns and trauma and i think that i had the limiting belief for the first 49 years of my life that because my ancestors and generations past didn't value pleasure and because i grew up with a lot of trauma that it just wasn't in the cards for me that like well, other people have it. I'm really excited for them, but I didn't grow up that way. And it's been in my family. So it'll probably just continue and to break the pattern or to effort uh, to create space to break the pattern has been 
a goal of mine, but it is, it's hard. It's like swimming upstream. (laughs) You know, recognizing that that is part of your ancestral lineage is probably the first step. And I know that, and I'm going to be very blunt, that there's a lot of white women and white guilt around like, oh, my ancestors came to this country and, you know, um, there's all these uh, traumas that came with that and the infliction of trauma. And I mean, I don't know your ancestral lineage. I can probably just talk to to myself, but I am first generation born in this country. My parents are from Sicily. So my ancestors um, were historically um, oppressed and taken over um, themselves. And so, you know, knowing that I can see where in my DNA, you know, oftentimes the um, oppressed become oppressed oppressors, mm-hmm. um, especially around sexuality. And, you know, once Sicily became part of Italy, it took on the, the um, Catholic church, the values of Catholicism, which was another layer of oppression. But prior to that, my people were <laughs> complete um, melting pot of uh you know, the Moors, the Phoenicians, Carthaginians. I mean, it was a melting pot and that is my ancestral lineage. So, and in my DNA. So when I think of that, and I think of like being in this body in this country, Mm. um, I was not told about pleasure either, but Mm. there was something so innate in how I felt and embodied my own sexual life force, creative energy, that it, it was more than just work for me. It, for me, this path has been probably a multiple lifetime journey of being this energy, you know? So I've come back in this body in this day and age. And when I actually listen to like my divine purpose, and I say this from a place of like, I know some of your listeners might be like, was she, was she, was she talking? You know, there's a lot of people like, what's going on? Um, But you know, let's, let's put it, let's put it into a couple different um, avenues. As a somatic sex educator, um, I believe the body, the soma is not disconnected from the mind, heart um, uh, or sexual organs or our spirit. Like it's all connected. And um, from the perspective of I have a good balance, you know, it's like, I used to be a Spanish teacher. I'm highly educated. I'm, you know, I speak multiple languages. I've traveled the country. I've lived in other countries. So my, my knowledge base and my education base is vast, but I definitely feel that when it comes to pleasure, truly breaking the cycles of ancestral patterning, epigenetics is real where trauma gets stored as well as the wisdom gets stored in our genetics. It's passed on. This is like scientifically proven. Mm -hmm. And I I do believe that, you know, we are embodied Our these vessels are just like temporary. They're in the spirit. They're in the energy. Ultimately we're all energy. We're not separate from the universe. We're not separate from um, the land. And everything that we think is just our thoughts. It's like, they're just thoughts. We create a reality, including the reality we create around pleasure and sexuality. Yes. You said a lot just then. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so I want to um, kind of hone in on the idea of somatic sexual healing and 
how you can take all of that and then and then embody it like and I hear about it and and then I'm just like well how how do we embody our emotions um and so I'm just wondering what your practice is or what you guide people to do sure so let me get let me rewind a little bit I'll share a little bit of my story so um Many, many years ago, back in 2000, I had my, my daughter was born. And during that time, I had a home birth planned and ended up after four days in the maternity center having a C-section. It wasn't an emergency C-section, but I remember and recall very deeply when I was cut open that it, it, it almost like cut open a wound of like all of the traumas, all of the sexual traumas, all of the pieces of my womb space, not being okay, shame, guilt, all these pieces that came through. And it set off this part of me that um, just like suddenly I shut down. My sexuality shut down. My nervous system shut down. I had major trauma in my body and I didn't recognize what it was. And uh, here I was like two lives. I was helping all these other women uh, working yes. with, uh, you know, helping women birth after C-section uh, vaginally and birth education. I was a birth photographer for many years. And I still at that time was suffering. You know, I was suffering with pleasure with myself, but pleasure with my partner. So it was mm-hmm. kind of going through the motions. And around 2003, I started like on my path of discovering my pleasure. And so I started taking courses in sensuality, extended orgasm. Um, I was basically, I've had over 6,000 hours of (laughs) hands-on stimulation of Mm -hmm. my clitoris, which produces the energy of orgasm in my body. So if you think of like Tantra, or you think of um, any kind of energetic sexual energy, Mm -hmm. but with the bonus of the actual stimulation of the clitoris, which has 8,000, this is my yeah, yeah. A, a big model of the clitoris. We a, see yes. Out, we it's see yes, only about this much. Gigantic clitoris. Which, yes. So we see a, a fraction of the clitoris. Um, and I'll just say the clitoris has as much erectile tissue as a penis does. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. most of it's inside. Oh, that, um, yeah, most of it's inside of our body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that alone took me on this wild ride. And fast forward, you know, close to 19 years later, here I am, um, that journey of embodying my sexual energy and learning how to be in my pleasure took me on a complete different path. It had me remember that this was the path I was supposed to be on, that I knew that mm-hmm. um, the journey of, supporting other people to understand that their bodies, their soma, the the soma, the body um, is not separate from their spirit. It's not separate from their heart, their feelings, how they um, interact. But we are, you know, our minds, people will go to therapy, cognitive therapy, and they'll try to work it out in our minds. But trauma is stored in the body, in the fascia, in the muscle. And so our autonomic nervous system basically our subconscious energies, right. Or uh, will go to work on us before we actually can think of what's happening. And mm-hmm. so it's called amygdala hijack. So our mind gets hijacked and our body automatically responds in a certain way in some type of trauma response, fight, flight, appease, disassociate, you know, you, many of us have gone through this and 
it starts to look sometimes in people like that's their normal way of being that they, you know, that they're not sexual. Like that's part of, like you mentioned this earlier, Pasha, you, you were like, yeah. oh, it's just part of my lineage that people are not sexual. Is that true? Like, no. is that yeah. true? <laughs> but I have to, I have to pause you for a second because before I, because you're, 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 you're saying a lot and I, and I, it's all fascinating. And I think I'm stuck where many of the listeners will be sure. where they resonate with the past trauma and specifically yeah. birth traumas as well, sexual traumas and the, whatever happened between the birth and the trauma and the feeling shut down in your sexuality and sensuality, and then 6,000 orgasms. And that's like 5,000 hours, 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 hours. <laughs> 5,999 more hours than I have right. on my clitoris. And so like, what, how did you get from mm. that very, um, kind of shut down blocks place to the place where you allow yourself to have this pleasure and to receive it. Yeah. That's where, that's where I'm stuck in this yes. like post-trauma yeah. place. And I think that's where a lot of my listeners are. Yeah. And so it sounds great. And it sounds so far away um, that I'm like, okay, what was step one? Like, how did you go from crying? How did you go from crying on the bathroom floor, bleeding from a C-section and, and nursing and like lactating and crying to that? Three and a half years, right? Um, all of it's valid, valid question, and it's um, I'm so glad that you rewound that because it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, now, um, you're right. There, it, it wasn't, it was not <laughs> an overnight thing. I'm sure. I mean, I, you're right. I, the bathroom floor crying, breast milk squirting everywhere, all of that, being a mom, being a wife, all of those pieces. How I got to the first step was somebody invited me to a, to, um, to a night of communication games. So this started with communication, like learning how to communicate like notice other, other people notice what I felt. And that's how somatics works as well. Somatic sex education, I should say, because somatic therapy doesn't always focus on sexuality. It actually often bypasses our sexuality. so somatic therapists are different. I'm not a therapist. Okay. I am actually a somatic sex educator and I focus on sexuality. So there are special exercises for somatics, but rewinding to your question. Um, I, in these courses, I first learned that, um, a person with the clitoris can actually have orgasm for more than just the a climax. So we look at, at climax as the orgasm. We've been taught that they've been taught a lot of information that is, doesn't take into account that um, the clitoris is only purpose is to feel pleasure and that orgasm is actually energy. It's not a climax that you can actually feel orgasm, not only in your clitoris, but because of your nervous system, you can feel it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. That in itself was daunting. The, the idea that somebody, uh, my partner would be looking at my, my genitals, my pussy, putting their finger on my clitoris. I was married at the time and I was married for 23 years. And uh, recently, I past couple of years, um, just finished up my divorce. But my my husband and I went and did these courses together. And 
I was very resistant and he, first he was resistant, but then I was like, I'm just going to go, you can come or not. Yeah. And he ended up coming and he, he's so grateful. I know that that was part of his, and I'm going to say this bluntly, his training Mm -hmm. as a man, men don't get a lot of training either. They don't get a lot. They just think that they're supposed to be performative, stick it in. If they're heteronormative, heterosexual, cisgendered men, you know, like put it in. And even women, you know, cisgendered women, Uh, cisgender meaning born with the genitalia that is, you know, normalized. Like I have a vulva and a clitoris. I identify as a woman. I actually am queer. So I don't identify as heterosexual, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, people out there who are used to P and D sex, penis and vagina sex, Mm -hmm. um, we're taught mostly that sex is for their partner's pleasure. Women were, we're often taught sex is, you know, for them, you just got to do it because, you know, that's, they want it. Men are oh, dogs, men are, and that is so not true. Yes. Agreed. So not true. And so um, oftentimes we, because we disconnect from, we're so shamed around sexuality that we somehow, com- somehow compartmentalize sex and, 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 and don't even think about how it connects to our mm-hmm. connection to our spirituality, our hearts, yes, our solar plexus, our voices, yes. our voices can get shut down. Yes. So for me, it was a journey. I had a lot of resistance to, um, the idea of, of surrendering my body to another person touching my clitoris besides yes. myself. Um, I was always very sexual, so I really enjoy self-pleasuring, but, um, you know, and you, you don't need a partner to learn how to have extended orgasm, by the way, this is not a right. re- prerequisite. It just takes getting over that, um, initial, you know, conditioning that we have in societal, con- you know, through society or our cultural conditioning or, or religious conditioning, or maybe even the aspects of what you've experienced in your life. So if you've had these experiences, around your sexuality that ended up leading to your body automatically being shut down through a sexual trauma or, you know, there's so many types of trauma that, that a lot of this trauma basically lives in our womb space and men have womb spaces too. They're called, it's called Hara. So Mm -hmm. men have womb spaces, women have womb spaces, energy gets stuck there. And because our culture is so scared around sexuality, it doesn't get resolved. Like yes. we, we walk around as like these, uh, balls of, um, unrequited trauma. But you know, the, the thing is that we also have for as much trauma and pain we have, we have pleasure and wisdom Yes, and our body has wisdom. The body is wise. The body yes. never lies. It knows exactly what it's doing. And okay. so, yes. yeah, <laughs> I want to go back to men in a second because that's super important to me to include them in the conversation um but the part where you receive pleasure through solo sex or with a partner if you're feeling uh depleted or traumatized and you feel numb to your clitoris numb to emotion numb to the world do you come across people like that where it's like we almost i'll I'll just for myself i almost feel so much i numb out like feel so much empathy for the world and uh that that i that i numb out so that it's challenging for me 
to feel the pleasure. And so, um, and so sometimes I get frustrated and then I stop because it's just too disconnected, too hard. And it feels like a million miles away between my head and my clitoris or even my finger and my clitoris. And so I'm wondering how you bridge that gap for, uh, for women who want to, um, start that pleasure practice. That's such a great question, Pasha. I, I appreciate that you're asking that. Um, the starting of that really is noticing your body. Like mm-hmm. most of us don't actually put attention on what our body's telling us. Mm-hmm. This is um, this is where somatic uh, sex education comes in. Mm-hmm. Relearning about your body really starts with understanding first, um, creating like, what you do want, like mm-hmm. what, you know, um, sen- I call it sensual mind mapping. It's called mind mapping, a way to kind of like write down what it is that, um, your, your vision really is around your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And then you get to create the reality. Those steps can be, ve- have to be often are gentle. There is a mosquito flying <laughs> around. I want and a- <laughs> a mosquito. And I love how you came to it through communication yes. and, um, and I'm thinking about the the you know, larynx and uh, cervix connection here, but I came to it through singing. And like, yeah. I didn't even know I had a sensual side to me until I started singing. It's like, right. what? But that connection is so there. So I, I think it's interesting how people can come to their uh, sex and sexuality and sensuality and pleasure yeah. in a way that's unexpected. It could come through their art, their drawing, their gardening, right? It's so true. So um, I, I see a spectrum of people. So I either see people who are very hyper aroused or I see people who are very spiritual. Generally, I work with spiritual people. So they're stuck here in their in the ethers of, of the divine, their divine essence. And or they're stuck here at the throat where, you know, they can't voice their opinions or maybe they sing because they're they don't recognize um, they do recognize that they have these, this ability, right. Of creative energy. Cause our sexual energy is our creative energy. And instead of actually confronting their sensuality and feeling throughout their body and understanding their sexuality, they will cut that off because it's like, well, it's not that important, um, to be able to survive in life. Right. But imagine if you actually acknowledged that much um, life force energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you started to actually use it to love, you know, as a pathway to loving yourself deeper, because yes. then you're going to just be out there reflecting love. Yeah. You know, you're going to be, if people actually had more pleasure, and I'm not talking like penis and vagina necessarily, although that helps for some people, but really started to enjoy pleasure in all parts of their lives. We'd be having a very different story right now about our health issues, about how people are treating each other in this pandemic. Um, even how people are showing up as parents, mm-hmm. you know, it's like our sexuality is not separate from the rest of our lives. We, you know, this country in particular and certain countries, you know, shame people. I mean, look at the, and I mean, if you are somebody who believes in that believes that people shouldn't have abortions, fine. But women's sexual health being dictated in this yes. country by other people, yes, 
it's just another sign of sharing that like we are so oppressed as people, women are so oppressed that white men get to make those laws for them. Mm-hmm. And there should never be a law governing, mandating anything mm-hmm. that goes and happens to your body. You do have that autonomy to feel and, and sexuality being cut off from our sexuality is one way yes. that people are kept down. They're oppressed. It's a form of oppression. So quite, yes. quite honestly, pl- pleasure activism is a thing. Oh yeah. yeah. And you brought up men again. And I think, I think I, I have a lot of anger and rage, you know, white men making rules about uh, abortion, white male doctors telling me I can't have a V-back, uh, you know, right. 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 After a C-section or I should get a, uh, my tube side or, or there was sexual abuse, um, from white men. So I have a lot of white men trauma. And so it's hard for me to connect intimately with men in general. And I want to very much include them in the conversation. I'm currently married to a man. I want to include my own uh, husband into the conversation. And somehow it's almost like a separate world though. It's a separate entity. I'm raising uh, two sons. One is an adult. So I'm more raising one at this point. And um, it's very important for me that he's, you know, gentle and, and strong and emotionally intelligent and, um, you know, in touch with his own pleasure. And, uh, and I, I find it so fascinating that I keep getting stuck in the trauma of what white men continue even today to do to women in this country. So that rage gets in the way of my intimacy and pleasure with men. Is that? You know, yeah, absolutely. So what I want to say is that I do not hate men at all. I actually, you know, people, cisgendered men, I love them. I'm like, I, I love them so much. I, I wrote a course for them <laughs> called rise of the divine masculine, because I really do feel like there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of misinformation and pressure put on them too. And how they have been taught around what women want, how to interact with them um, that, you know, that somehow we're lazy and crazy. Um, there's so many different facets here. I think, you know, we have to understand that, um, there are, there are deep, you know, woundings on both sides, sides. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just women who've had sexual trauma. It's not just women who have gone through, uh, abusive relationships. It's not just women who have, you know, been shut down sexually, you know, erectile dysfunction is, an epidemic now for many reasons. And I think one of them is there's a mental block that men think that they have to perform a certain way or have to be a certain size or they get, or there's something wrong with them because they're not being able to give to their partners. But ultimately I think there's this cutoff from their own divine feminine side Mm -hmm. and vice versa, you know, um, we're not balanced within our own energies. Right. So we tend to, I know when I was younger, I was a tomboy. I was like soccer playing, kicking the boys in the shins. I did not want to hang out with the girls. Like I, and, but at the same time, there was like a softness and like a motherly nurturing part of me too. So I, I, I had those, those pieces, but my divine masculine side really looked like the lower vibration. So like when we talk about this idea of what divine energy is. It's really 
an innate part of who we are. There's nothing like it's not, it's a part, it's not just a spiritual understanding. It truly is an embodied energy within us that, um, you know, for the sake of um, defining what that looks like, I think in our culture, we have an idea of what man and woman is, but this isn't about being a man or a woman. This is about the energies, the properties of what that looks like on in, in a very basic level. So some of the lower vibrations of like what shows up in the divine masculine energy. So it's a lower vibration. It's not quite divine. It's kind of like, um, and it's not just in men, but um, it, it, there's a feeling of like controlling and distancing. Um, there's goal orientation rather than process. There's like a testosterone drive, overdrive. Um, work is never done. Go, go, go. Um, you know, selfish, controller, force, guarded. What is it? Competitive. Um, you know, there's that kind of energy is like this low, low vibration and like just trudge through. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of gender you identify with when you have this, your body is stressed out. Same thing with that, you know, um, the feminine energy, um, some of the lower vibrations of that feminine energy are like overindulging and screw it and despair, victimization, um, self-doubt, gosh, unsure of ourselves. Um, and so those show up like we martyr ourselves as well as those are just a couple of those things. So, mm-hmm. you know, as we start to kind of, you know, by the way, it's one eleven here, if anybody's woo woo with me out there, one <laughs> eleven in on Pacific time right now, cool, cool. Um, you know, there's this, there's a higher, the next level of vibrating for like divine masculine is like being a visionary logical, organized, willpower, um, more structure, focusedness, consciousness, being a protector, uh, planning, activating, doing. So there's like this, you know, those are some of the energies in that higher my masculine, higher energies of the divine feminine include like flow and mystery, creativity, um, being gentle, sensuality, uh, body-based truth, um, responsive, nurturing, gentle, inspiring, releasing, surrender. And so when we get to when the energies start to come in balance, what that does to uh, how we feel in the body, how it shows up is as, as, as like Nirvana as oneness. And let me tell you, it's the party is right below Nirvana. I mean, oneness (laughs) is great, but the party, it's pretty lonely (laughs) sometimes. I, I have never felt uh, nirvana and I wonder how, when we're working in partnership with somebody, yeah, if you're working at a different vibration at that moment in your life, as, yeah. as we change and ebb and flow, um, that, 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 that conflict is there, right? The other one's trying to like pull the sure. other one up uh-huh. um, or drag the other one down or whatever it may be. And, and do you find that dance is, is just hard to, um, navigate uh 
when people are in partnership with somebody who's on a completely different vibrational level. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very difficult to navigate because oftentimes we are still living and coming from a place of, you know, trauma response. Mm -hmm. So then we add more and more trauma onto that in our relationship. Our partners know how to trigger us, just their energy, because they take on our energy, especially Mm -hmm. if we're having any kind of sexual energy with them that's transferred through sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. So to get to that oneness, you know, which, which is awareness, respect, um, balance, open-heartedness, nature, freedom, synergy, um, potency, life force, clarity, um, in the moment, present, authenticity, vulnerability, that's energy, the humble mm-hmm. confidence that we share, that that comes from knowing thyself mm-hmm. yes. versus being willing to separately from a partner this is the thing that we think that just because we're in partnership that we are owe somebody something or or have to be Mm -hmm. obliged um to be the other person's half but no whole whole 100 so we each we have our own um thoughts and feelings and when we feel like we are trapped because we're told like that's trapping you know we don't allow our partners to do things. And it's like, it's not up to us whether or not our partners get to do things like they have their life. Like they, they have their own life. So it can be hard to get over that hump because we're used to responding a certain way. Mm -hmm. And especially when, um, you know, people who identify as women are not in touch with their full potency of their sexual energy that they, and they don't utilize it because, you know, this is one of the ways we feel off balanced and, and out of body, right. Instead of feeling embodied, we feel victimized and we feel out of touch and, and then we want to put it on our partners Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as if it's their responsibility to take care of that, but it's really not. And so it really takes relearning. It takes unlearning first. And I, you know, when I work with women, um, I have a, a four month intensive called heal your sexual soul. And I also, there's a, my basic course, which is um, aligned to your sensual life. That, that first, that basic course is, you know, when you ask me, what do women, what, what can women, where can women start that, that kind of basic course that I offer that has all the components. So decolonizing your sexuality, returning to our natural state, which is fun and knowing mm-hmm. that fun and pleasures are birthright understanding to commun- how to communicate what it is that we desire, what our, what our vision is in practical terms, but also in a way that we create our own safety, relearning sex, sexuality versus sex- sensuality, and then being a sensual explorer and actually doing the embodied pleasure practices. If we can't go straight to the clitoris, our skin is literally um, a sex organ. It's an extension of our sexuality, our sexual energy, our fingertips, our brain, all, yep. all mm-hmm. orgasm starts in our brain. So 90% of, or, of orgasm is, is based, conceptually based. So even if you don't have the use of your limbs, you can think about yes. anything yeah. and it will translate to your body. So how do you make a choice? Choice is easier said than done because you know, if you're getting hijacked from all your trauma, that's really hard to make choices. But if you are going in with the intention and have your attention on your body as the number one priority, you can start with the basic body scan. I think almost everybody 
can take 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. and without judgment, without creating the narrative, just scan their body mm-hmm. from the soles of their feet to the energy mm-hmm. field up all the way up and even around their body so that they understand like the body exists. When yes. you put attention on it, yes, have any t- attention, you start to feel. I like that idea. And I'm somebody who might not create space and time for that during the day. And then I'll get to the end of the day. I'll be like, I forgot to create space for that again. So I rather, uh, I've been taking to doing this body scanning in the morning when I first wake up, like just before I start moving out of bed or just when I first come into bed. But I love that idea of going from the soles of your feet up to the crown of your head and breathing into all these parts of our body and being grateful for, for all of our body and starting to realize how are we feeling and checking in on our own. And I, I also appreciate that you're saying that it's a journey that we to ourselves first and that we need to feel whole and, and just in our knowing, um, and understanding and tapped into our own intuition and sensuality and sexuality before we, uh, you know, suggest that another partner can, can, connect with us wholly. Um, and so if one person is doing a lot of this work, it's work, it's you, you, you're creating time for it. You're doing the somatic healing and you're learning and unlearning. And sometimes again, this high low vibration, another partner might not be at the same place of learning and unlearning. Mm -hmm. And then we feel like we outgrow our, our relationships. Um, and I don't know if that's how it's translated uh, for you as you left, um, uh, as your marriage was complete. I, I'm in my second marriage, but I find this to be true with a lot of the clients I have that women are feeling um, like they really want to include their husbands on this journey, this pleasure journey. Yeah. And they're fiery about their passion, especially the midlife women, like right. 50 and up. We're like, right. we have not accessed pleasure and fun yet. And we are ready and we're going to do this. And we're going to finally tap yeah. into our sexuality. Yeah. And yes. are you on board? Cause we're going to a retreat and a conference and we're going to, we're going to try these, you know, these courses and they're like, what? Yeah. And so I want, I wonder how we can gently start uh-huh. to incorporate, mm-hmm. um, men into the conversation. I love that you do men's groups and how does that look for the men who might be very new to this work right oh that's such a great question so a lot of men that come to me they usually come for like a few things they have erectile dysfunction they're not confident um they they feel like um they can't please their partners so they want to try to please their partners or they're at the place where they want, they're more advanced and they're wanting to learn semen retention and, and get into those higher levels. So there's like four levels, right? <laughs> From the very beginning. I've never even heard of semen retention. So. Right, right. So there's, so I know. So I work on multiple levels. Like there's the, there's the courses and then there's actual in-person sacred Dow pelvic healing work, tantric work. Um, you know, as I call myself a sacred intimate, um, where I, you know, I work with hands on. So if there's trauma blocked and, and I've had established a relationship, I actually, uh, work hands on meaning touching the genitals mm. in a way that, um, releases scar tissue tension, uh, unblocks, um, places energetically. So I work on multiple levels. So, 
how to get the men involved is um, they don't work the way we do. They're like one track mind. They are like, you literally have to just start doing it yourself and embody it. You have communications, the key, but they will give you a, all these reasons why they shouldn't like, Oh, well now you want to have sex after all these years of not having sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you want, you want to do what? Like people don't need to know our business. Like there's all these things that, that will resist. And so I think the best way to go about it is to say, you know, I have more time and realization that like, this is an important aspect and you're, you're also, you know, getting older as well. It's like, we're going to have to learn how to relate and communicate on different levels as we get older. Cause maybe we're not going to be fucking for like five hours straight when we were 20 or, you know, we're, we're not going to be like, you know, just getting a quickie in the bathroom. Like we want, we want to take it to the next level. Like what can we do to appreciate and enjoy the bodies that we're in now as we as we age and this is a thing that i'm learning that women somehow get dry and and you know disassociated that's not really how it works like when after 40 you know we're not shriveled up it's like that's actually when we're having our like mega sexual uh, embodiment where there's so much energy if you think puberty was like intense mm-hmm. like you know yes um we, we light up and it's, it really is a use it or lose it. Like you yes. must use it. And how much? A lot. <laughs> as much no, as you how want. How often until we lose it? Uh, we, you don't have to ever lose it. That's the thing. It's no, like, how often do we have to use it before we lose? It? Are you talking like once a month, once a week? To daily, what extent? I would say I've had a daily pleasure practice um, since I was in my early, well, I would say consistently since my early thirties, 31, 32, I'm, I just turned 49. Um, I, you know, the gynecologist has been like, like, Oh, your, your tissues. Good. <laughs> you know, it's like, good. it's like, yes. you're good. he's like, yes. she, she's like, you're good. Like you've got, you got all the good still. It's like, yeah, we, we sure do. But that's because our clitoris is a muscle. So yes. think about like doing push-ups. Yeah. Like if you don't do push-ups, your 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 body kind of atrophied. Yes, and so your clitoris will atrophy, a penis will atrophy. They're all muscles. So can you get it back once atrophy yes, happens? Absolutely, absolutely. Because um, a lot of it is mental, you know. Unless there's very very few physical reasons why you don't feel sensation in your clitoris, and there are some. So but there, even those can be uh, shifted. And we, you know, I just searched men's sexual wellness the other day. And all I saw was advertisements for like uh, erectile dysfunction and pills. Now we are over medic and knock in the medical system, but we have, we're like one of the worst countries for our medical well-being, including our sexual health. And we're, we're like a, industrialized, you know, first world country. And we are very low on the healthy yes. uh, scale, which is yeah. very sad because it's an interesting think, correlation though. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So what, what's going on here, there's a lot of big, big business and mm-hmm. a lot of money in pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. And so as we know, um, there's a lot of pushing of drugs a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where 
you know, the side effects of drugs are worse than the actual yes. thing that you have. Like, right. <laughs> it's awesome. like, wait a second, mm-hmm. like, oh, I might lose my liver just mm-hmm. so I can, you know, do this. So, <laughs> um, or, or look at the side effects of erectile dysfunction drugs. I mean, they are not pretty just to get your dick hard. Come on. No, no, no. A lot of it is. And I, and I would say, and I have worked firsthand with people literal with your hands with my hands for when who who can't have erections it's suddenly that um you know i'm they're have i'm milking their prostate or i'm working with the energy in in the in the fascia in the tissue suddenly they're having erections and okay wait do you do this alone with the man or are they with a partner at the time it depends on uh they're generally alone like even if they're with the partner um, there's a lot of communication before we get there. And I'm also, yeah. I'm also closed. So just to put yeah. it into, into reality that they are like on a table yes. and, um, and we're working through, uh, you know, we've worked together for quite some time and done a lot of the somatic, uh, work together and then they get to do the healing work. And so yes. I, I mean, like I'm a rule breaker. Like I, I said, know, but there's a, there's a lot of trust and rapport that has to be built before trust, that rapport. Happens. It's fringe. It's fringe. Yeah. It's fringe. You're so fringe. Yeah. Well, I don't even call it work. It's like, it's, um, it's like modern day being a modern day temple priestess, you know, mm-hmm. of the ancient orders of yes. the oracles and symbols. You're in California, right? I am. So I wonder how long it's going to take for a priestess like you to make way to Maine. <laughs> long usually that mimics on the east coast and you know the other piece i do and i and i've just recently started speaking about this because um it is legal in california and a couple other states but i also use psilocybin um as a source to uh, microdosing if you don't know what psilocybin is magic mushrooms oh oh okay so psilocybin as a medicinal, medicinal fungi mm-hmm. in conjunction with trauma healing. So mm-hmm. um, on a very, very, very low frequency dosage so that there's an opening and a relaxation. So this, I believe should be, chem is like, it's, it's supported so many people that um, it's, it's just wait, you're going to start seeing a lot like more 10 years behind you're going to get a lot more information about um you know uh, people who are utilizing this within yes. their scope of and i don't call it work i just call it divine calling mm-hmm. and i want to say the concept of work i'm doing my work that is so goal-oriented so i was like if you can take the word work out of it and just mm-hmm. i call it you know being on a journey of sexual emancipation Yes, yes. And so when you actually take those layers off and you can emancipate your, mm-hmm. your, um, your body, your heart, your mind, and your spirit, then you can move into the next, the next level of knowing around, around the importance of truly doing your own healing work around your divine masculine. And your you said work. doing your healing work right so for the lay people out there doing your healing work doing the work yeah and so when i refer to it like i said i'll say you know journey of sexual emancipation but for the for for people out there we still want to think of it as work because it's the way we talk about it you know hey do your work around yourself yeah no you can't 
That's yeah. so true because if I say, oh, I have to practice my pleasure today and do right. it. Right. It doesn't sound fun, does it? Like it's your birthright. So this is like birthright. Yes. Relearning. It's like yes. I'm coming back. I, I like to say healing is remembering your body's wisdom. Yes. I I I do definitely appreciate that philosophy. I my inspiration was Mama Dina, Pussy of Reclamation. Did you sure. Um, sure. And there's a lot of somatic sexual healing in that too. A lot of movement and dance. Um, but I, but I do really think that it should be a, a pleasure and something that you look forward to and something that lights you up and something that fuels you and energizes you and not something you're checking. Okay. I did it. I'm good. I meditated. Check. I orgasm. Check. I did my celery juice. Check. I'm good. I'm good. Right. So having it be, um, part of your, part of your day because you, want to reclaim and want to expand start off with that start you always start with that and so yeah regina um she we're probably we're from like the same school of mm-hmm. uh you know i think just a couple years apart and like when we started that journey yeah. and um so her her philosophies they're so beautiful and and she's incorporated made it into like a something plausible for the masses yes and in truth one size does not fit all and Um, and you have to look at culture and you have to look at, um, religion. You have to look at societal conditioning that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people who demonstrates some hour long orgasms. So I totally get that place of like, oh, it is completely possible, but that can be really daunting to start with. So Mm -hmm. starting with, you know, little things like cooking, like we were talking about, like when you're eating out, when you're walking and you, you know, you've taken a beautiful walk and, by the beach or in the redwoods, um, you know, painting, doing the things that you really love, creating, creating our businesses. You know, a lot of people who identify as women will put all their energy into their business and go, 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 go. That at the end of the day, they have nothing left for themselves. And, and it's like, at least not for their sexual pleasure. And yeah. so this is a fine line to, to think about. Like everybody's like, oh, you can find pleasure in everything. You can. And you can go, you can go to the gym and, and exercise and walk and do all these things. But most people don't even confront their sexuality, their sensuality, their whole bodies. And so this is the part, this is the reframe, you know, being a sense, we're sensing beings. Our sensuality is like um, an innate part of who we are and it's separate than our sexuality, but it can enhance everything we do in the bedroom. So it really is a sensual journey. So, you know, lighting up through our senses, um, whatever senses we have, some of us don't have touch, taste, smell, yes. sight, sound, yes. that whatever sense, whatever senses that you do have, including conceptual thought, go ahead and take that dive in exploration because truly, um, you know, we're here to be love. I'm probably, I know we're getting towards the end of this, you know, You're wrapping so, it up beautifully. Yeah. If I can, uh, uh, you know impart anything, any wisdom of wherever you are, whoever you are, however you identify is that, you know, being in that place of, um, oneness with yourself is a gift for humanity to love yourself without condition and know yourself, know thy sex, know thy heart, know thy throat, know thy, you know, uh, mind and spirit aligning in that way 
really allows you to, you know, rise in sensual excellence, whether you identify as a man or a woman, and yes. then, then you can impart love, then you can see people, then you can see and come out with two people and reflect love. Yes, yes. That was beautifully wrapped up. Lucia, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. I feel so, so blessed. I feel very blessed. This was packed with loads of wisdom and inspiration. It'll probably be an episode I listen to and be like, why didn't you stop and ask about that? Go back, go back. Um, yes. And it just, it oozes out of you. The, 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 the pleasure and the knowing and um, the, the wisdom from generations past. So I so appreciate you sharing it all with yeah, us. Yeah, my pleasure, Pasha, truly. And if there's a part two, let me know. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the there might need to be. Like, there's go questions. back, go back. Part remedial, two fine. Remedial <laughs> pleasure. So how can people best reach you if they want to sure. follow you, take your courses, all the sure. things? Um, well, I'll send you, I think I sent you um, a link of resources, mm -hmm. but you can go to my website, luciapavone.net. Okay. You can find me on um, IG, Instagram, or Facebook under Luscious Lucia Povone. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, there's links to set up a discovery call with me. So um, it's a complimentary call and you can, you know, 30 minute call, there's an intake. So um, I get your full thorough history before we even talk. And, and that's probably the best way. When you go to my website, you can also see there's so much information. I have a resource um, section below with other podcasts, other, you know, um, pieces that you can look at, go to my IG. There's a lot of information there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm accessible. I'm accessible. Yes. Don't go, don't go calling me and being like, I have erectile dysfunction. Fill out the form. Okay. Fill out the form first. Okay. He's <laughs> a rule it. breaker, but follow her. Yeah, rules. Follow okay. the rules. And, and if you do break the rules, be prepared to pay the price. <laughs> I don't want to follow anybody's rules, but everybody better follow mine. That's so sounds like See, that sounds exactly. like good. Talk about calling out. All right. I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Such a pleasure talking to you. I know everyone out there, you're going to have lots of questions and comments and I want to hear them all. And so you can message me, you can email me. My email is Pasha at PashaMarlo.com. Couldn't be easier. You can obviously find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's under my name, Pasha Marlowe. And you can also uh, do a free discovery call with me as well. There's a Calendly link in the show notes. And I would love to hear from you, hear your stories and let me know what you want to hear about and talk about in future episodes. I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you take a moment to subscribe and review and share and all the things um, because it really, it helps fuel me. It gets me all lit up inside and then it helps me uh, find guests like Lucia who light us up and encourage us to uh, get back to our birthright, our pleasure. So everyone have fun with yourself today. Okay. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you all. Bye.